This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Any news today, Tito, at all? (laughs) (laughs) Dang, Rosie. That's your job. This is the Rosie Report. The next round's on Rosie, and we'll read his credit card number here in just a moment. Regular season roundup. Catch it, Rosie. Nicely done, Rosebud. Now, here's Jim Rosenhaus. Well, that was a weird weekend, wasn't it? Welcome in. It's the Rosie Report. Regular season roundup, episode number 22. And we had a little bit of everything over the weekend for sure. Jim Rosenhouse along with you recapping a no-hitter on Friday night for the Cincinnati Reds against the Indians. Then the Tribe bounced back Saturday night with a 9-2 win, banging out 11 hits, and the offense looked as good as it has all season. And then Sunday, it snowed, depending on where you were. And the Indians and Reds were postponed early in the day. And they will reschedule that game for August the 9th. So a lot going on. And as we take a look back on it, we'll go right to Saturday. Not to discount Wade Miley's performance on Friday night. The 17th no-hitter in Cincinnati Reds history. But uh, certainly a rough night for the Indians that night. But again, just one loss. Doesn't count any more than any other loss or win on the schedule. Uh, It simply was some history for the Cincinnati Reds. And boy, by all accounts, uh, his teammates were ecstatic to see Wade Miley at the age of 34 toss a no-hitter with stuff that in today's game is an anomaly. He works the corners, works quickly, does not throw hard, yet he kept the Indians off balance all night long and toss the no-hitter on Friday night at Progressive Field. So the Indians bouncing back on Saturday night. Got good work from Aaron Savali, who pitched deep into the game, and there was plenty of offense. Here's his 2-2. Swung on line, base hit, down the right field line. One run is in, that's Bowers. Right behind him is Hedges, being waved around and heading for home is Jimenez. He will score, standing up into third base with a triple. Cesar Hernandez and the Indians have blown this one wide open six to one tribe Cesar Hernandez comes up huge here's the payoff pitch swung in and ripped to right field moving toward the line Castellanos can't catch it can't cut it off Bangs up against the wall. That'll score Hernandez. Right behind him is Rosario. And a ringing two-run double down the right field line by Jose Ramirez. And the Indians have blown it wide open, leading 8-1. And the chance and the song of Jose Jose ringing in downtown Cleveland. Ramirez with his fourth double and now 19 RBIs. And after the game, Savali talked about his effort and how the season has gone so far. 
Aaron, you guys have offensively been one of the better teams late in games. So how nice was it to get a few runs on the board early with you on the mound tonight? Absolutely. Um, I mean, it just set the tone, told everyone in, in the dugout that we put yesterday behind us. And that's what it's all about is putting the lows behind and riding, riding those highs. So I think it was a huge, huge job for us and confidence, confidence wise. It's, that's awesome. Aaron, was there a, a general sense of confidence going in? Tito said before the game that he was pretty sure you guys would bounce back the way you've done all year. Is that kind of the sense you got as well? Yeah, I think any night we got a, we got a shot to win always. I don't think it, I don't think it matters who's on the mound or who we're playing. I think everyone feels that way, and that's how we play each game. How nice is it to uh, lose a guy like Roberto? And obviously it's not nice to lose Roberto, but to have a guy like Hedges when you don't have Roberto back there to help this pitching staff out? Yeah. Um, I mean, obviously, we've a lot of us have built a relationship with Hedgie over the past year. We got him at the end of last year and through spring. Um, just there's a lot of communication going on. It's He knows what he's doing, but it, it's we're on the same page, most of us, because we talk with him. It's, it's not just go out there and whatever he puts down is going. Like, that's all communicated before, and everyone's comfortable with what's going on. Um, to have the two guys that we have, and now we've added Renee. I think it's very rare to have that comfortability with, with that many catchers in one organization. And at the end of the day, that's that's a huge plus. How nice is it for you to be able to dodge a little trouble early, um, and not give up the big inning, and, and then the team was able to explode for four in the fourth. For sure, um, just try and limit those damage. I think the biggest mistake pitch I made tonight was that change up to Winker. Um, it's the first one I had thrown during the game and just was up a little bit and he, he made me pay. But after that, I was just limiting as much as I can. Um, but besides that, I think the play that Andres made, I think it was the next inning. That was, for me, that, that was bigger. Um, that was just, that's a huge momentum swing there. And I think he carried it into his at-bats and the rest of the game defensively is, it's, that's such a, such a huge thing for him and for the team. I know Tom just asked a really good question about bouncing back after last night. Do you feel like, and I know it's happened twice, but do you feel like you guys are kind of finding your identity as a team um, and how you guys bounce back no matter what happens the day before? Yeah, I think that's all what, what the Indians have been for many years is just going at each day as, a, as its own and attack, attacking each day like, it, like nothing happened the day before. Um, I think it's the way that we have the ability to do that is, is special and that's, that's not always the case. So it's makes everyone want to come to the field each day and play for the guys around them because it's not just one guy doing it. It's, it's everybody. And we should get credit here to a lot of these interviews that you hear on our podcast. It's the post-game pressers, and the name most prevalent that you hear most of the time is our good buddy Andre Knott from uh, Valley Sports Great Lakes, does the great work as a, a sideline reporter in normal times, and, and they figure it out now during COVID times. But Andre is that, that voice that you hear on there most of the time. A lot of times you'll hear uh, Zach Meisel, Paul Hoynes, uh, rep writers, reporters from different news outlets uh, throughout the area. Mandy Bell on there, too, and Tom Withers, just some of the people who participate in the post-game Zoom calls following Tribe games. Now, we had a chance to visit one-on-one -on -one with Mike Chernoff, Indians general manager, over the weekend, and we asked him about the season and how it's gone, some of the challenges, some of the good things, especially for the Indians, who are a hot ball club right now, as after the win on Saturday night, they won six of seven. 
9 of 12. Things going well for this ball club, even with a no-hitter against on uh, Friday night. Mike's really pleased with how things have gone recently for the team. Rosie, that, I mean, that was the takeaway for a lot of us, I think. And in talking to Tito when the team got back, that was his main takeaway, too. It's We've got the youngest team in baseball by a long shot, actually, this year. Um, we obviously pared back our payroll quite a bit. So it's an exciting young group of a lot of homegrown guys. And I got a lot of guys that we got in trades. And you never know how the sort of team chemistry is going to come together. But you saw, I think we won six out of seven on that road trip. And you saw us kind of do it in different ways. Um, the bats at times showed some life, especially towards the end of games. Um, and really for me that the game where we kind of fought through, um, Bieber's outing and were able to come back and win, it was just a huge uplifting win for us. Um, and hopefully kind of showed the fight that this team is beginning to build. Um, last night was obviously rough, but you know, we're building off of a lot of excitement from that six out of seven. And I think it did show a lot of signs of both a young team, but, but hopefully an exciting team that has some fight in it. Obviously, pitching such a key part of it, and, and to go along with that, defense so important. And I know there have been some challenges at, at different spots on the diamond, especially shortstop. And what is the concern level there, and, and how do you address that without looking like it's a, it's a panic move or reacting to just one or two games? Yeah, that's a good question. I mean, look, like I said, we've got a really young team, and you forget – um, just how young these guys are. I mean, Andres Jimenez is, I think, 22 years old. Ahmed Rosario, despite having played in the big leagues for a while, is only about 25 years old. Um, you're talking about really young players. And, you know, especially as if their bats aren't um, clicking, um, you know, they, if that can be carried over into the field at times. I think we saw that with Jimenez a little bit, where he was carrying some of his bats, his bats in the field, looked a little bit tentative, and things sped up that's expected for young players. And I don't think we have any concerns long-term about either of those guys. Ahmed has been tremendous in going back and forth between center field and shortstop, which is not an easy thing to do. I mean, those are two of the toughest positions on the field to play. He had never really played center field. So he's balancing a lot. Um, And I think these are just sort of the natural ups and downs that you see with young players like that. But we feel great about both guys' potential um, and feel like, we can, with the group of guys that we have and the skills that they have, we can have a really good defensive team. And, uh, Micah, such a big part of your job is somehow finding talent based on different situations. And you were able to acquire a veteran catcher in Rene Rivera. And now, because of the injury to Roberto Perez, that comes into play significantly. I, I guess you guys have lists of, of different players for different situations. Uh, how did it come about where you found a player who's available who seems like a really good fit right out of the shoot. Yeah. So we, um, you know, we had Bo Taylor on our roster through all spring training and we knew that we needed to find some more upper level depth in terms of catching, even had, if Bo had stayed on our roster at the end, at the end of the spring, we really wanted to find a backup catcher uh, for the Columbus roster we had been in touch with a lot of guys throughout the offseason to try to bring them in here. But you also have to remember, it wasn't the most attractive place for a minor league free agent to come and sign. We had Roberto Perez and Austin Hedges on the major league team, both kind of starting, you know, quote, starting catchers. Um, and a guy like Bo Taylor, who we liked a lot, who was also on the roster. So a lot of those minor league free agents with experience that we felt like could handle the job didn't necessarily see this as the best opportunity. When we broke camp and had to take Bo Taylor off the roster, 
um, it opened up the possibility of, you know, a real third catcher type of uh, situation for a guy. We had been in touch with Renee throughout a lot of the off season and trying to get him here for that fourth catcher spot. When it became a third catcher spot, he jumped on it. Thankfully, um, he brings a lot of experience, brings some real um, ability to call a game and just dig into advanced reports. So we're fortunate, given the situation that we had, that we were able to get him in here. Drafting and developing such a big part of it, but is that kind of a fun part of the job, kind of searching around for the right fits and and you know an ancillary piece that, that could be really critical at, at a certain point in time? No doubt about it. And, and Rosie, that's what a lot of our staff in here is doing all the time. You know, the fun part is, is uh, or, or I should say the, the part that fans see most that's super fun is signing the major league free agent or, you know, developing our first round pick or whatever it is. But we got a whole staff of scouts and analysts in here that are constantly searching for the depth fourth catcher or the 20th round pick or whatever it is. And, um, you know, you end up needing these guys. I mean, to be a good team, you have to sort of fight through adversity and make sure you have these pieces that you can plug in. And it's a real credit to our scouting group that was on top of this um, throughout a lot of the offseason, staying in touch with him. And then the group that was able to get him in here it was a really a great job from all those guys. That's Mike Chernoff. Always nice to catch up with him and uh, talk drive baseball as the Indians head into a new week. They'll take on the Cubs on Tuesday night and then turn right around and play Chicago in the series finale Wednesday afternoon. And then it's off on the road, a West Coast road swing for the first time in two years since 2019 for the Indians as they will head to Seattle after the game on Wednesday against the Cubs here, play the Mariners and the Angels on the next road trip. That's going to do it for this edition of the Rosie Report regular season roundup. Thanks, as always, to Bart Swain, Courtberry Tripp, and Austin Contrulis. And thanks to you for listening and downloading the Rosie Report. I'm Jim Rosenhouse. I'll catch you next time. This has been the Rosie Report. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.